Today's episode is brought to you by Skillshare. Skillshare is an e-learning community that I love, where you can find mini courses on literally anything from design to tech to business. I literally took a mini course on how to create your perfect morning routine and I enjoyed it. Skillshare is the perfect place for you to learn new skills and just, you know, feed your curiosity. So head over to shewinsmastermind.com forward slash Skillshare to start your free trial. And if you love it, you get an extra 40% off. Welcome to the She Wins Podcast, the place for you to learn the systems and the strategies to grow your business and avoid costly mistakes. Every week, your host and amazing guests have conversations that will inspire you, motivate you, and empower you to show up and make it happen. Learn about marketing, building authority, lead generation, self-love, and much more with your host, marketing and business strategist, your soon-to-be business bestie, Fatia Fusaini. Hello, beautiful people. I hope you're all doing great. I hope you're all doing amazing. I am really excited. We are literally getting into the second season and I hope you actually enjoyed the new intro. But today I'm not going to rumble too much. We're just going to jump into today's interview because I'm excited about the topic. But first of all, Pause this episode, go and grab yourself a cup of tea or a cup of coffee and even a notebook on the side and then get excited. So today on the show, I have Khalida Dubose and she's a crowdfunding expert. She's consulted over a thousand different projects and she literally raised 15k plus and that's how her journey started. She's now a coach, a consultant, and a mentor, and she helps entrepreneurs and businesses launch amazing campaigns and crowdfund for their business. Khalida is here today to share with us more information about crowdfunding. And we know that not many people have a lot of knowledge on crowdfunding for business. That's why Khalida launched the Crowdfund Savvy Scholarship for people like you who don't know much about crowdfunding but are interested in crowdfunding to learn more and maybe start raising money for their businesses. You can access this amazing opportunity by following the link in the description by getting in touch with Khalida to apply for the Crowdfund Savvy Scholarship. Remember, you have time till March 16th to apply for this scholarship. So head over in the link in the description to apply. Hi, Khalida. Welcome to the She Wins Podcast. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me. So first of all, I totally binge listened to season one of your show. <laughs> and I love, love, love your energy. I was like, wow. Yeah. You know, um, I was totally taking notes too, because at some point I want to have a podcast and I was like, dang, she's doing it and like boldly doing it. So um, thanks so much for having me. I feel so honored to be here. Thank you for that. Thank you for the compliments. And just because we are like, you know, you said you want to start a podcast. I'm just like, you have to start ASAP. I really love and enjoy podcasting. It's something that I'm just like, you need to start ASAP. Like I wish I started earlier in my journey. Right, right. Yeah. You know, um, 
So one thing that I've been doing to kind of just prep myself, I'm such a like prepper, mm-hmm. is just I've been recording, right? So I know I can take those recordings and use them on a podcast later. So I've just been recording, especially when like really good nuggets come to me that I think will help people. So yeah. I'm working my way towards it. <laughs> oh, we definitely can wait. And I personally can wait to listen to your podcast when, you know, you finally decide to launch it. So kind of tell us a little bit about yourself and your background. Like how did you become a crowdfunding coach, expert, mentor? Right. It's so random, right? It's, I've been doing my own crowdfunding service and mentoring like really serious about it, like November, 2019. So just a little over a year, but I was a crowdfunding coach on a platform, a crowdfunding platform. How that came about was like super weird, right? Like most things in life. I was taking a break from like my medical sales career. I was super burned out and just feeling like I wasn't finding the alignment I needed in what I was doing. And I was just super burned out from like working and traveling all the time and just living in tiny little cities by myself. And it was, it was a lot. Right. So I was like home one day, I was living in Northern California at the time and I got up, did my early morning prayers and uh, I was checking email and I saw an email from an organization that I had been donating to maybe like a year Mm. and they were asking people to help them raise money for this large project. So their strategy was like, we have an $80,000 project. We just want people to raise like pretty much as much as they can, but they kind of set the goal to like $6,000 and they were hoping that like maybe 13 to 15 people would volunteer. Right. So I sent them an email back. Um, and I was like, Hey, I'd love to get involved with this because at the, at that point I had been like writing a check here and there to the orphans or the water projects they did. And I was like a huge fan of their organization. The CEO who's, he's like now a good friend of mine. He like wrote me back immediately. And I was like, Oh crap, what did I do? Like (laughs) he wrote back. I'm like, what are you doing? You don't know anything about raising money. So he's like, Hey, can I call you? So we hop on a call a little while later and he's like, so what are your ideas for raising money? And I'm like, I don't know. I thought you were going to tell me, you know, he's like, no, that's not how this works. So we talked about it for a little bit mm-hmm. and he suggested that I crowdfund, which was interesting because I had always told other people when they needed money, you should crowdfund, you should crowdfund, you know, mm-hmm. in fact, I had like encouraged my sister to crowdfund for something like maybe a year before and she did and did so successfully, but I really never thought about myself doing it. So I was like, yeah, I can do that because I'm new to Northern California. I don't really have a huge network up here. Um, And I didn't know anything about crowdfunding. So I went on the site that I ended up working for and I created a campaign and then they gave me like a 30 minute coach who just kind of walked me through what everything was going to be like. Mm. Uh, I still was kind of like, what am I doing? But I went ahead and launched about like 10 days later. The campaign was, you know, it moved along and I did okay and everything like that. And I just kind of did what came naturally to me, which was to reach out to people individually and talk. I'm a little introverted. So like, I don't love the idea of like, you know, talking to people all at once. So I kind of like did a little pre-work. I talked to people. I kind of got them on board, talked to all my family. Yeah. I I think like just to kind of shorten the story, I, I launched, I can't tell you exactly what happened in the first three days, but I launched and I just kept pushing the campaign got tough, which all campaigns do kind of in the middle. Um, Eventually, just every little strategy I tried just helped me get further and further to my goal. Mm. Hit my goal maybe a day before my campaign ended. And I hit the goal, right? But not only did I hit the goal, I overfunded, which was awesome, right? And this this goes to some of the crowdfunding principles that you raise most of your money in the first three days and the last three days. Totally true for me. I 
overfunded by like $4,000 the last day. And then I was like, oh my God, I did it. Cause I was so worried that I was going to like let this down. Cause it was like charity. Right. Yeah. I did it. The CEO calls me. He's like, oh my God, like you're the most successful person who's ever like crowdfunded our, <laughs> you know, our organization. You raised $10,000 by yourself. And I was like, yeah, I did it. He's like, could you raise 5,000 more? I'm like, no. <laughs> <laughs> so he's like begging me, begging me. And I'm like, okay, fine, I'll do it. And so my simple strategy was just literally to reach out to everybody who had given to the first campaign and just say thank you to them mm-hmm. and tell them like what it meant for me. Cause it, it just like filled my heart so much to know that people, you know, you could appeal to people and they would give like throughout my campaign. I had the strategy of just writing everybody and sending them a personalized message. And I would wait like every 10 donations. So I wasn't constantly on my phone mm-hmm. and I was in them like a personalized message. So that last day, because so many donations came in, I didn't have time to write all of them. So I took that last chunk of people and I wrote them and said, thank you. And I told them, by the way, I'm raising $5,000 more for these orphans. And literally the campaign was funded. I hit almost 16,000. Right. I was like on top of the world. And I told the guy who had given me the advice, the uh, coach who had given me the advice, I told him, hey, if you guys ever have any openings, let me know, right? So another thing that I kind of set on a whim. Mm. <laughs> and next thing I know about Maybe four or five weeks later, the CEO of that site messaged me and asked me to book an appointment on his calendar. And we talked. And then like, you know, a few months from there, they hired me on as the head campaign coach. So it was like, that's my random long story of how I got into it. was like, boom, 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 boom. Like everything happened. And right. Yeah. And when you said at a certain point, everything got tough, but you kept pushing through. That's something that I feel like happens to everyone. And when you persevere, that's when you kind of take all the results at once. And that will happen to you at the end. Like everybody was donating, just like, oh, the effort was worth it. Right. You know, you just have to build, right? Yeah. And it's like, and you get to that point, you know, now that I'm a crowdfunding coach, I do understand a little bit more about like, how to strategize, how to not leave everything to chance, you know, like making sure you're doing more strategies, but that doesn't mean anything. Just because you do all the strategies doesn't mean that you're still not going to have those moments where it just slows down. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think that that was the most empowering part of my campaign. It wasn't like a thousand dollars that somebody gave me one night, the night after I said, I hope somebody gives me a thousand dollars, literally said that to my sister. And she's like, well, you're probably not going to get a thousand dollars, (laughs) but you know, hopefully you fund. Let's take a break because I got some news for you. We are launching the Digital Marketing Launch. This membership will help you learn how to build your authority online, how to master online marketing strategies, get clarity around your brand and target audience, and much more. You will have access to a thriving community for accountability and getting feedback. And you also get access to me through the weekly live calls that all our members usually love. And I love as well because I get the chance to connect with you. So head over to SheWinsMastermind.com to join the VIP waitlist. I can't wait to see you on the inside. And the next morning I woke up and I had a thousand dollars. (laughs) <laughs> and I was like, somebody gave me a thousand dollars. So then that like taught me the power of like affirming things. Yeah. Like, being positive. Don't be, don't say like negative things. Like even yeah. if they seem like the most unlikely scenario, like mm. why wouldn't somebody give me a thousand dollars? I believe in this. Right. You believe in what you're doing. Right. So 
that gave you a lot of confidence, isn't it? You were someone that didn't know how to crowdfund at all. You had like a 30 minute like conversation with someone to kind of guide you. And then you end up like literally overachieving from like not knowing anything. Right. And you know, I think that experience, because my personality is such that like, um, I love to teach people, right? Mm -hmm. So I have a very huge saying, like with my business, I'm like, we teach people how to fish. We don't feed people the fish, right? We teach you how to fish because my goal is for people to walk away from their crowdfunding campaigns with business skills, Mm -hmm. right? With marketing skills and with just this sense of like empowerment that like, look what I did, right? So let's just say you have a campaign that's like $25,000 that you want to fund and you walk away with $20,000, you know, a lot of people would see that as a failed campaign. Right. But I'm like, is it failed? I mean, seriously, you just took something from idea stage and you literally grew it. You got how many ever backers to come and say, Hey, we want this to the point where they gave you $20,000. I think you have validated what you're doing. Right. So, So I know there's different ways that you, you actually have to measure success, but I think there's intangible and tangible ways. And a lot of times when I work with clients, I, ha- I have them set up both so that at the end of it or halfway through when we're hitting those, like those tough moments, you have something to kind of look back and say, okay, or look at and say, okay, we're, we're still on the right track or we, we've still made this progress. You know, I think that's just so important because at the end of the day, once you have the money, like that's great. But what else do you have, right? Uh, I need you to have something else, right? Gonna, after the crowdfunding thing is done and all the excitement's over, like how are you going to push this product or business or whatever you're doing forward, right? Yeah. So that's my goal. <laughs> and yeah, I, I love that. And the fact that you previously even said like after, like when you were trying to kind of raise more money, you reach out to thank people. And that's something personal that I think people appreciate. And like when you're running a business, it's, it's always great to kind of appreciate that, that relationship and that trust that people give you. Because when people give you money, they are trusting you at the same time. So I believe that was a very powerful thing that you did. And if you kind of reach out to them today as well to tell them there's another campaign, they'll be more likely to kind of support you because they're kind of like, that person tanked me back. Imagine how it even feels like when you help someone and that person doesn't even say thank you to you. Like you feel right. like you're not doing it to get something back, but you feel some kind of way. Right. And I think a lot of people, you know, they overcomplicate things and they're like, we have to have these intricate strategies and everything like that. But like, I think my first campaign proved to me and, you know, anybody who hears a story that like you can really have like a very simple strategy of just saying thank you, right? Something we were taught at like two years old, like say thank you. And for me, I just um, wanted to say thank you because I, first of all, I had always written the check, right? I was always writing a check to support an orphan or, Mm. but this, this time I was like, I want to have more impact. And I think like that campaign really taught me the power of one person making their mind up to do something, right? How you can get people on board. So what was really beautiful for me when I went to my family and asked for support, it was like so much more awkward than asking strangers. And this is something that I understand that Mm -hmm. a lot of my clients struggle with too, right? Like for some reason, when you know people, like it can be a little bit more scary, right? But up to that point, I had never been sent a crowdfunding campaign by family members. Um, they, I didn't really, there wasn't a strong culture of giving in my family. Mm. Um, and to now when I raise money for something, you know, 
I'm noticing that my family just gives automatically. Mm. Like I don't have to go through all of the pitching and, you know, because now you've conditioned them. And I feel quite proud of that, that like I might've shifted the culture a little bit within just my own circle. Right. I I learned so many different things. and And I was just like, one of the big things was like, you know, I thought maybe I'll be bothering people if I send them email. And I'll say like what? 90% of people never wrote back Mm. and that's cool. But I would say, thank you so much. Could you please pass this campaign to somebody who's like-minded like you? Now my next donation would have the same last name. So I don't have any way of proving it. I didn't have fancy metrics like, you know, Google analytics and all that stuff. But I was thinking like, if they have the same last name, there's a chance they said this to a family member. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And I love the fact that you kept it that simple. Like, and I'm all about keeping things simple because like nowadays, like it looks like everything, if you want something to be successful, so-called successful, you kind of need to be fancy, use amazing strategies and all this stuff. But I love taking it back to the basics. And that's what you did like with this campaign. It was just like basic, keeping it simple, like referring, saying thank you, keeping it personal. And I think that that's very powerful. Yeah, I think sometimes information is is definitely a blessing, right? It's such a blessing. But sometimes it can also be like kind of your Achilles heel. Like now I know too much, so I'm trying to do too much. Yeah. I definitely suffer from that. (laughs) I even struggle sometimes knowing what I know after four years in crowdfunding. I'm like, okay, now I know too much. Um, So, you know, a lot of times I'll have like another coach read my copy. Mm. Uh, Just at least that's what I've started doing, like, the last couple of weeks because yeah. I'm like, I think I'm just talking to people up here and yeah. they really need to come down here. Right? Yeah. So yeah, I, I love the simplicity. I think that being simple is how you attract your tribe too. Yeah. Right. You're people want to be involved. Like one of the things I love about crowdfunding is it allows, it allows those of us who love grassroots, it allows you to kind of have that grassroots feelings. So whether you're doing something, I primarily work with like creative campaigns, you know, like entrepreneurial, but if you're doing something that you really want to build like a community around, um, really you can start with yourself. Like, why are you interested in this? Or you can start with like who you were making this for in the first place and then go seek out a bunch of people like that and see if like your hypothesis holds true, right? Do they really want this? Are they interested in it? And you really start from there. And I think that's how you get those like really loyal fans, right? It's not like saying, hey, I'm starting this app and then just starting to run ads and bombard people. That's yeah. not that was my strategy, you know? <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay, let's talk about more about your strategy and about the fact that, you know, you can use crowdfunding in different situations. Tell us a little bit about what are some examples where, you know, people that are listening right now, their own businesses that can crowdfund and how they can crowdfund. Uh, right. That word, crowdfund. <laughs> so crowdfunding is, is super unique in that I think you can use it from so many different angles. So a lot of times when people, people come to me, I really get specific about like what they're doing and what their idea is, because even sometimes I might not think of something that could be crowdfunded, but what I've seen in my practice, what I see people crowdfund a lot is um, things like apps, right? So somebody's creating an app. I have a client right now who's creating an app and she wants to crowdfund it mainly because number one, she needs to get the word out. Mm. You want to 
people who beta tests, you know, she wants to get like those early adopters, right? And then she wants to test like whether this is going to really work. I've seen people crowdfund books. I actually have a few clients who are going to be crowdfunding books this coming year. And why? Because they're writing a book and you could always just go on social media and say, hey, I have this book and everything like that. But I think crowdfunding creates this environment where like people intuitively know, okay, this is a person who's new and they're trying to get started. And yeah. it almost feels grassroots. You're like, I'm going to support this person at the start of their journey. Mm. Right. So, and you're kind of gathering people onto like a site, right? Also those sites already have audiences too. Right. What other things have I seen crowdfunded clothing? Right. So people start clothing lines. A tangible example is like, say you had a business, you know, so I've known a few like independent family owned clothing companies, right? Mm -hmm. They might already be on social media, like pushing their product and you should do this, you should do this. But like, maybe they want to like launch to a larger audience. You know, they want, they really want to push it out there and say, we're doing this, right? Mm -hmm. So in that case, it's time to get a little bit more strategic. With me, if I had a scenario like that, I would like kind of do an overhaul of like what they're doing. How visible are they? You know, who already is supporting them? Where are they already like really shining and amazing at? And then let's like do more of those things, right? So for instance, they're already on Instagram. They already have their stuff out there, but is it really branded? You know, do people understand that it's like a serious thing that you're doing or do people just kind of feel like it's like you're, you know, kind of out of the trunk side hustle. With crowdfunding, we have to really understand that unlike Amazon, when you just go click and then you know that product's coming. With crowdfunding, people are taking a risk right? You're saying, Hey, I'm going to produce this app by this timeline, or Hey, I'm going to produce these, this clothing item by this timeline, or I have this new gadget for your baby, um, or this new whatever, right? Or my book's coming out. I'm in the midst of writing it, but it's coming out and here's a preview of it. So people are taking a risk that you're going to actually finish and follow through and then send them their stuff. And I think that for some people that's just not appealing for other people that's extremely appealing. And it's one of the ways that they do a lot of their, uh, consuming, right. Um, They actually go back a bunch of campaign. When you're a new entrepreneur, you're like, Oh my God, who do I talk to? Who's going to support me? Yeah. Closes that gap where you're like, okay, I can feel comfortable putting my stuff, my heart and soul out there on a platform where everybody puts their heart and soul out there that puts a little bit of good pressure on you. Mm. Right. And I have this saying, a lot of people um, in some certain communities think that crowdfunding is begging. Right. Mm. And I'm like crowdfunding and debt-free funding is not begging. It's there is still a responsibility that goes along with it. And I think once people understand that responsibility, it kind of helps them with that mindset of I'm begging for something. Right. Instead, we're creating an ecosystem where we're all supporting each other. I think that's so important. Like, like you said, like it can feel like a bit, a bit like I cannot do it, so I'm going to other people and beg them for money. I get where that mindset can come from. So I think that right. that's an important part to be kind of highlight. Right, and I think that that goes along with business, right? So you and I both know that, like in a business, your reputation and credibility is everything, right? Yeah. So it's like, am I delivering? I love this because it's like let's just say you're like some guy or gal off the, you know, regular average Joe or Jane, who's like, I'm interested in doing this thing. This idea has just been keeping me up at night. I want to do this. I want to just see if it's going to work. Yeah. Great. I'm so happy for you. You're courageous to take that first step. And you don't know anything about business at this point. I would say by the end of your crowdfunding journey, if you're doing it correctly, 
you're going to have like a lot of business basics. You might not be a master at them just yet or an expert, but you're going to really get a taste of what it's like to be in the business world. How are you going to deliver to people? You have a responsibility to just keep up to date with them. You know, you have a responsibility. If you're smart, you want to keep yourself visible in front of people. You're going to need to be putting out information. You're going to always be needing to understand like what the customer wants, what they respond to. So maybe you hire somebody, maybe you have to take on a VA for a few hours a week, you know? So now you're getting a little bit of management skills, you know, and with that VA, you're going to have to communicate properly. So there's a lot, there's a lot. And I, um, I think that's why I was so attracted to this because I saw crowdfunding as a resource, not only to get you funding, but also to do all those things that we need in business, build community, validate what we're doing, you know, and then learn how to manage all those pieces. Right. Yeah. You know, so my crowdfunding journey, I was definitely not trying to get into business. Yeah. But I was like, if this works this well for charity and you're not even giving anything to anybody back, mm-hmm. you know, beyond like my heartfelt thank you. And, you know, hopefully they get something more, you know, intrinsic that's important to them and their value system. Yeah. But what happens when we take this to a business setting or to, you know, like independent artists and creators mm-hmm. and, you know, people can actually do what they need to do. Right. Um, I just, I felt like, you know, I wanted to coach people who didn't have resources and whether it's their time, their finances or the knowledge. Right. Mm -hmm. So I think when I, I have like a family of like in my immediate family, there's a lot of entrepreneurs. Right. And, you know, one of the things that I always would see, like hold my mom back or, you know, even sometimes my brother, he was very successful. Yeah. Um, would just be the finances, right? Like the finance, sometimes the know-how, right? Yeah. So I was just, my desire was, okay, well, what if I could close the gap with helping people with their finances, like just to raise that money and then helping them with the knowledge, mm-hmm. right? So as a coach, I'm there for you when you're trying to learn these business things, when you're trying to think through them, when you just feel scared and mm-hmm. uncertain there as a mentor when it's like let's guide you in this direction let's give these things a try you know because I don't know everything either and then I'm there as a consultant when you really just need somebody to be a little bit more hands-on like hey what is what do you think about this copy or hey what do you think about like my crowdfunding page or what's your immediate feeling when you come to this right or just to give them that push like hey you know put this out to people you know start to get start to share this with people and get some reviews you know et cetera, et cetera. It's vast, right? I hope I'm not going all over these. <laughs> no, no, no. That's absolutely fine. I feel like a lot of people are curious about this topic. And myself, I don't know much about it. So I was like listening very carefully. Because I was just like, it's interesting. Like when you, like sometimes you just need someone to give you a different perspective about something for you to kind of consider that thing. And I think like we all need this. And I was kind of thinking like a lot of probably nonprofit organizations use crowdfunding. And what if someone in business wants to start a nonprofit organization? How would that person go about creating um, a crowdfunding campaign? Right. So crowdfunding campaign, the the act of creating the campaign is fairly simple, right? In fact, that's like one of the last things that I do on the list of launching. What I think is more important, if you're looking at it from the nonprofit standpoint, is making sure you 
kind of have an online presence, right? So making sure you're visible. So let's just say like today you're not visible, but you're a business, right? And you're not visible in that, that space that you want to be in, which is your nonprofit. My suggestion would be think about who the target audience is going to be, right? So people are like, well, everybody could be my target audience if I'm doing a nonprofit. Well, no, let's say your nonprofit is to help girls in science and technology, right? So we want to start, go to a place where those types of people would be, right? So let's just say that's Instagram, right? Go to that place and start putting out some content. So yes, content marketing, right? And start to get to know them. Like a lot of that content should be very engaging, you know, engage people, see how it's resonating with them Mm -hmm. and things like that. Um, Then maybe what you could do is depending on like what the nonprofit's about, maybe they offer services or something like that, you know, do a couple scholarships to give those people so that people, you can kind of run people through what you're doing, you know? Um, And then that way you kind of have some stories that you can tell and some testimonials and stuff like that. And then you put that out there and you just start to kind of build a community from there. But the point is, is that the first thing you do is not start a non, like a crowdfunding campaign because you think I need money. You do need money, but you have to understand like somebody knocked on your door today and said, could you give me five bucks? You'd be like, no, who are you? You know? Um, so, so you now build your credibility first. Right. It's like, just do some groundwork. We understand that people aren't going to know you 100% and everything like that. But like, at the very least, you know, present them with something, tell them about your mission. You should never expect anybody to support you. I don't care who you are. They could be your sister if they don't understand what you're actually doing. So how I would suggest working with a nonprofit is like, and I do work with the nonprofit that I um, crowdfunded for the first time. I kind of volunteer with them, right? And they're really the only one because, like I said, I'm more on the creative side. But what they've done an amazing job of is really building that credibility, always being transparent, showing, like, you know, the end of the project, the middle of the project. They take pictures, video. They have partnered with a lot of amazing people in the countries that they work in, which is primarily um, they work in several African countries and then they work and uh, Gaza and Afghanistan and things like that, right? So they're building wells. Sometimes they do clothing programs for kids, you know, et cetera, et cetera. And the best thing that they did for themselves was, number one, they branded themselves. Mm. So anytime one of their campaigns comes out, you just kind of see those colors and you're like, okay, I know. Number two, they run very specific campaigns throughout the year. They do have people run campaigns on behalf them and they'll offer people some of their branding pieces so that it still looks cohesive right but you need to make sure you're being very specific and when you run a campaign it has to be aligned with your mission so i'll give you an example Mm. say you're a organization that's like you know water and things like that or even like the stem or you know example that i gave you don't want to like hear like oh there was like a flood you know And then all of a sudden you're like just trying to raise money for that. I think people think we should all do this good. Um, We should raise money for this. Instead, you could find an organization that you admire and you could offer, I don't know, somehow collaborate with them, share that campaign and things like that. Right. Like, right. So we speak in our brand voice. We write our content. Like we don't have an Instagram page that's about business and everything. And then start talking about like breastfeeding. Yeah. (laughs) We don't do that unless for some reason, like the breastfeeding conversation comes up in a business setting for some reason. Right. Yeah. So I 
what a lot of organizations do is they see things happening in the world and then they just try to keep running crowdfunding campaigns and it's not aligned with their overall message, their vision and mission. It's like stick to your lane, mm. right? You can expand slowly, but start with like a simple campaign or a few simple campaigns that your audience knows, okay, I can expect these three campaigns per year and I'm going to support them because crowdfunding is like everything else. You have an audience, you have that email list, you have people who are expecting a certain thing from you and you don't want to start confusing them by like getting your hands involved in every single thing. Eventually they're like, whatever, this doesn't make sense. Another thing is if you don't have any kind of branding or visibility or people are used to hearing your message, you're just going to get lost in all the other um, organizations out there who don't have those things, right? So I see these on Facebook all the time. Somebody's raising money for the Rohingya refugees. Somebody's raising money for uh, Somalia. Somebody's raising money for this. And I don't know what the organization is. I'm not giving to it. Mm-hmm. There's no trust built. I don't know what you're doing. You're not sending me back pictures, et cetera, et cetera. So you really have to, especially with nonprofits, you really have to nail that credibility. And that, and that comes through visibility and transparency. How that might first show up is just you being visible. Yeah, that was very helpful. But what is the difference between running um, a campaign for a nonprofit organization and actually running a campaign for an entrepreneur, a creative? Right. So there's not so many differences, except with the nonprofits, I think um, a lot of times it's less rewards involved. Mm. So for a nonprofit, you might have somebody doing, a, you know, they're kind of doing the good deeds, right? And they don't really have something that they can offer you in return. They're running more on campaigns that are emotional, appealing to your emotional good. Call those like charity. Um, you're still going to do some of the same strategies, right? Being visible, talking about like things that align with your brand and your vision, your mission, your voice, you know, et cetera. On the entrepreneurial side, I think there's going to be a lot more, people are going to expect a lot more, mm. right? So they're going to want to see you you show up as your brand, right? They want to see your face. They want you to be visible. You really should be visible. You should be doing some type of networking, you know, whether that's in Facebook groups or on LinkedIn or, you know, whatever makes sense for your brand. Um, Maybe getting on podcasts, right? Um, Just really talking about it so that people really have a deeper understanding. A lot of times we do things and we think, well, people understand. Why why should I talk about it, right? Um, But they don't. I'll give you an example. It's like um, I had a client who wanted to launch like a um, toilet paper brand. And, uh, you know, some of the suggestions that I gave him, I really, he just really was like, but why? I mean, everybody uses toilet paper and, you know, and I was like, but still you really need to figure out. So it was a bamboo toilet paper, right? I was like, you really need to figure out who wants this though, right? Maybe your next door neighbor doesn't care. He's going to go get Charmin. Right. He's not ordering toilet paper every month and having a subscription, but maybe the the lady across the street, she's really into the environment and she does yoga and, you know, she takes her kids on walks every day, et cetera, et cetera. Like you have to figure out who these people are, right? You can't just pick a generic, you know, group of people and launch to it. And the best way to do that is like looking at your competition. Right. So I think on the entrepreneurial side, you're going to have to do a little bit more uh, research and really trying to understand that market. Whereas like on the nonprofit side, it's like, this is our mission. Mm. We're going to tell you about our mission. We're going to ask you to get on board. They can still benefit from like looking at similar people who have similar missions and seeing what they did so that you're not reinventing the wheel. 
but it's they have a little bit more like I feel like they have a little bit more freedom on that side, right? Yeah. They have a, and they have a lot less responsibility. When you're coming up with a product or service, now there's all these logistics involved, right? What's the timeline? When are you going to get it out? How do we make it like um, cost effective? Yeah. Will people pay this for it? You know, all these different things, right? Yeah. All the business stuff you need to know. <laughs> yeah, especially it's very important, like, you know, exactly your target audience and not targeting everybody. Like you were making that example with the toilet paper. It is like so important. Imagine like that toilet paper is not going to cost like a normal toilet paper because right. it's obviously environmentally friendly. So it's just, it's very important to kind of like know that you can't target everybody with everything that you're doing. And I, just the last question. And what about if I'm just creating an app? Do I still need to like kind of build all this credibility? Yeah, I think you do. And I think that one of the best ways to start to build credibility is like, say you're just, nobody knows you. Mm. How do I build credibility? I don't even have the app yet. How can I have people use it? That's part of credibility. Just start talking about it, you know? Start talking to friends and family about it. The more you speak about something, the more clear it becomes for you, right? Mm. Um, Tell, get somebody to like ask you questions, you know, Mm. Um, that you would never think of because you're too closely related to the project. And then see if you can answer those questions clearly. Right. Mm-hmm. You can't answer those questions clearly. That's cool. That's great to know. You just need to think about it more, maybe talk about it more. Mm-hmm. I tend to be a person who um, I think a lot, like I'm always in my head. And then when it finally comes out, you have probably thought about it for over a hundred hours, <laughs> you know? Um, and that's sometimes why I'm so intense when it comes out. I'm like, yeah, <laughs> you know? Um, so yeah, you would, I would say you would need to build it and, and it might not look the same as somebody who's doing toilet paper, right? Yeah. App, you might do something like part of your visibility um, and your education of, you know, as you're looking for your crowd or your tribe is to start talking about it on podcasts, to do, to go live on your page and talk about it, you know, go ahead and give us some uh, mock-ups, you know, post some of your mock-ups and, you know, um, images so that we get a visual of what it's going to look like. I think that's one of the things that people struggle with with crowdfunding is that sometimes the idea is still in the person's head, mm-hmm. and we need to we we want to spend our money on things that are tangible. Yeah, right? that's true. So especially a person who's not like really immersed in kind of the backer culture, you know. So. Yeah. Thank you so much for sharing so much value. I was just like listening, 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 taking everything in because I think this is a, like such a an important and intriguing idea, you know. We don't know much about it. So I think it was so good to have you here and kind of enlighten us with everything that you have to say, the tips. And I guess like there are a lot of people listening that are thinking about crowdfunding. And if you're thinking about crowdfunding, then it's time to connect with Hadida. So please tell us, how can we connect with you? Yeah, so you can connect with me on Instagram. Um, It's just crowdfund. That's one word, underscore savvy. Um, and yeah, you're, um, you're always welcome to DM me. Just click the link in my bio and schedule an appointment. I'm always happy to hear about a project. Um, I have like a free 30-minute appointment where I can listen and just kind of give you my advice. Every idea is not the best for crowdfunding and certain types of crowdfunding. 
I work in rewards-based crowdfunding. Um, so mainly if you have something that you think you could give or you want brainstorming that, let me know. And I think you can visit my website as well at crowdfundsavvy.com. Yeah, so you guys know that the details are going to be in the show notes. So make sure to check that out and connect with Halida. I always say it's all about kind of if you have things in your head, like get them out and get someone else's opinion. She's an expert in this. Like she's built her own portfolio. She went through it. So she can give you some tips so that you don't go the wrong route and get depressed over it. And I know like how things happen. You know, you get you get in the wrong mindset and you're just like, I don't want to do it anymore. Instead, like reach out to someone who's an expert in the industry and kind of have a conversation. I I guess you are very open to kind of talking and answering questions, isn't it? Yeah, I love to, um, first of all, I love for people to feel like hope in what they've been thinking. Mm -hmm. I think we have a world where there's so much noise and people putting stuff out. You can start to feel very small and like your idea and I really have something to offer. Mm -hmm. Um, So one of my favorite things is to be people's cheerleader. It doesn't matter if you're a perfect stranger, like, I can listen to an idea and probably within a few seconds be like, oh yeah, I can see how that could work. So I love to kind of, if, if a person, if that's what they want from me, kind of tell them my take on what they just said to me. Yeah. You know? um, and then say it back to them and ask them, is this what you're trying to say? So that they can clarify that even further. And I think a lot of times that's what people need. They need help clarifying yeah. um, and seeing that possible direction that they, they could go in. Yeah, I completely agree with that. I think clarity is so, so important because if you're not clear on what you want, the vision that you have, the mission, the goal, you're literally never going to get there, you know? So I think that's very important. Definitely. Thank you so much for being on this episode. I really enjoyed like having a conversation, talking to you. And I'm so appreciative of all the tips that you said. I'm so grateful that you're here today. Thank you so much. You're welcome. And I am so looking forward to season two. I've been at the gym like every morning, just like binge listening. I'm like, let me save this episode. So I can come <laughs> <laughs> I'm always learning. We hope you enjoyed today's episode. For more resources, check out www.shewinsmastermind.com. And don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review. See you next week.